and welcome. You are listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. I'm your host, Darren Kaster, and this is the Sound of Your City fundraising drive. However, despite the fact that we have a fundraising drive this week, we still have an action-packed show. I'm going to tell you about all the awesome things that we're going to talk about this week and some special fun surprises, including... A couple of giveaways that I managed to organize at the very last second yesterday, just from being at CSI. We're going to tell you all about uh, that stuff in a minute, but I just want to let people know in case they were waiting. Uh, I know there was a bunch of people who were waiting for the show to go live so they could call in. Uh, you didn't have to do that, by the way. You can call in and just say you love us, but that's that's cool. If you were waiting to call in uh, to support the Green Majority, you can do that. I'll just give you that information right now, and we'll get down to business with the show. You can call in 416 946 Seven eight zero zero, or call one triple eight two zero four eight nine seven six. You can also go online at ciut.fm. Use the website easy with a credit card. Five seconds is all it takes. And uh, we need your support. This is the time to do it. So to give you an idea what we're looking at right now, we're at 36,200. That is great. Uh, it is not quite where we need to be, though. Actually, we're looking pretty good. I'm pretty happy with it. So the green majority audience just needs to uh, continue uh, pulling their weight with long of the, all the excellent and very appreciated donations that have already made, been made to the station so far. Uh, so we're looking to get to about 37 thousand today. So that's about 800 bucks during the show. Uh, if you've got a, uh, if you'd like to be a member of CIUT, you get full voting rights and a whole bunch. You actually get direct input into the station. You can be a member, uh, as I believe $95. Uh, or we can also take a donation of just about anything you've got. So please take a moment to go ahead and do that. And while you're doing it, I will introduce the rest of our show. Coming up later in the show, we have both Kevin and Stefan here. As usual, we also have Alex Spears Roche, who has been on the show, uh, I believe twice, maybe once to help us talk about some fun news. Uh, uh, I will also be uh, bringing in some news stories in a little bit and also going to let you know that the first person to actually contact us right now uh, also gets a free one-month membership to the Kitchen Library where you can go and rent things like dryers or toasters or mixers. If you have a big uh, feast you're coming up or you just want to play with some cool kitchen toys that you would never afford to buy, you can have a month's free membership to the Kitchen Library to the first person that calls in and supports us. So again, that's 946-7800 or 1-888-204-8976 or you can go to ciut.fm. But it will be the first phone call that we take that will get the free Kitchen Library membership. Now that we're done with that business, I'm going to introduce our first guest. Our first guest is Eric Bainan who is here as the uh, president rather, of Sustainable Growth Co., and also one of the principal architects of the recently launched $20 million Carbon X Prize competition. Welcome to The Green Majority, Eric. Thanks, Darren. It's great to be here. So I'm going to uh, start by asking you to just describe what this is. $20 million prize sounds like a contest, but it's not. you, you don't just send in a, uh, a, a product code here. This is a competition. Yes. Please tell us about the Carbon X Prize. Well, I, I think it's much bigger than, than sort of what I would term just a contest. What it is is a, a big effort. It's a global shout from the mountaintops to try and get innovators from around the world uh, trying to reimagine what we can actually do with carbon dioxide. We all know it's an issue for the climate, uh, but it's intricately linked to what our, our today's energy system um, and, and fossil fuels. But if we can take a new look at carbon dioxide and actually turn it and convert it into valuable products that we learn every day, be that alternative fuels, building materials, there's a whole long list of them. And we want to really catalyze the world to, to turn their attention to that and, and hopefully find better uses for CO2. So the competition is going to run for four and a half years. It's got multiple stages. 
But essentially, at the end of that, you're going to have two winners standing on the podium collecting their award checks. Uh, and they will be the, you know, it is, it is built around side-by-side testing, very objective. Uh, and, you know, it, it's in many ways the, the Olympics of, you know, trying to start a new carbon conversion industry. Uh, and that's, a, you know, in a snapshot, that's how, how it's been put together. All right. So I think that there's a number of components here that I think are very interesting. Let's uh, let's first dig into uh, what are what types of people are going to be applying. Are these uh, university groups? Is this just random teams? Are these uh, companies that are applying? Who is going to be applying for this competition? It is specifically designed for all of the above. Mm. So the timeline is big enough, and the 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 caption uh, the the net of of individuals that we're after is big enough to get all of those be it a garage entrepreneur in rural india through to a large corporation uh and it's specifically designed that way so that someone with an idea can come in and if they obviously if it's a strong enough idea they can they're encouraged to find their partners they'll obviously you know need to raise money to to make it through the process but they will have sufficient time to develop to get through the various uh, stage gates of the competition. So, you know, the short answer is all of the above, and we are really looking for the, you know, the world to get engaged and to, to, to come forward with their, with their new concepts. All right. So, Eric, I know, I know you personally aren't an engineer, but I, so I want to just do a very, very light level touch on this. But talk to me a little bit about, I know they're uh, looking through the website. Um, there's a few examples of different types of, for instance, you, you know, there, you may go in this direction. Let's talk about some of the st- sort of starter ideas, maybe is a good way to call them. What, what types of things are they looking to see? Obviously, they're going to accept any idea, but what are, what's on the table already? Yeah, you're, you're right, Darren. I'm not going to get into overly specifics. And, and quite, you know, there's, there's a conscious reason why you know, we don't want to get into the specifics because we're not trying to define what the solution is. Hmm. We're really keeping it open. It's here's your raw carbon dioxide from flue gas from power plants, real life power plants. Turn it into something valuable. And so who can do that the best? Uh, there's, there's three main ways to do it. One is biological. I mean, we all know that carbon is a building block of life on, on Earth. Uh, and nothing is, mo- nothing is more you know, efficient at converting and using CO2 than, than nature and trees, which breathe it in every day. So there, you know, can we you know, really tap into that biological potential and create some new processes to use that, uh, that CO2, CO2 and turn it into either uh, alternative fuels or new chemicals that we could use in, you know, in society? Um, there's, a, there's another process through catalytic chemical conversion, again, creating some, some value, valuable products. And, and the, probably the third one that's probably the furthest along is uh, using CO2 in building materials. Mm. Um, right now, there are technologies using CO2 and storing it in cement. Uh, it's actually a I, – I really like this story because it's a triple win. You're actually storing the CO2 permanently in the cement, number one. Number two, it makes the cement stronger. And number, th- uh, number three – it makes the, the cement-making process that much more efficient, which reduces the CO2 output of the actual cement, uh, uh, cement-making process. So it's a, it, it is a triple win there. Uh, that sort of thinking is what we're looking to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I think, you know, when you think of some of the big wins, it would be terrific if we could get to a point where carbon fiber, which is right now used for, for airplanes because it's expensive, but it is much stronger than steel and much lighter. You know, we could almost be driving a, you know, a replacement and a more efficient replacement to the steel industry down the road. But, you know, we've got to take steps to get there. We're not going to, you know, necessarily, 
get all that done within the next four, four or five years. Mm. I think that's an interesting angle. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the carbon fiber because I was actually wondering that on my over here. I was like, I don't want to ask that because I don't know if that's dumb, but can you make carbon fiber? Out of it? So, I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess you can. Well, <laughs> not, I mean, what we're looking for, and this is why it is a shout from the mountaintops, is to get some of the world's best minds, mm. hopefully as many as possible, from as many different disciplines as possible, turning their attention to that to hopefully do just that. Mm. Right? Uh, right now it's not being done, but let's – Let's imagine a future where it can be done. When we, we spend a lot of time, or we being not necessarily you, but we sort of being the environmental quote-unquote activist community, and spends a lot of time, you know, being well, carbon's a problem, and carbon is a problem, but it's 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 more specific than that. It's carbon in the atmosphere is a problem, and if we could find a way to close that loop and use this as an input to other things, as you said, not only does this mean that it uh, buys us some time or potentially, you know, in a, in a really fingers crossed uh, situation uh, is able to reverse some of the damage. You know, we, one of the news items this week is that we just finally passed one degree warming over pre-industrial levels halfway to um, the, you know, we won't get into the climate specifics, but halfway to mm-hmm. the, the most armchair number of, okay, we're definitely in trouble if we hit two. Um, so we could start backing this up and, and actually close that loop. Uh, the other extension of that too is that um, this also means that we don't need other materials. So if we start building, for instance, as you said, if we found a way to, and this is hypothetical, but you're hoping this will, this will, this prize will create the solution. Uh, we pull carbon out of the atmosphere or pull it out of, um, some of the other places that it's stored, use it for consumer material. Not only does that mean that we're pulling it out of the atmosphere and, and using a cheap, what would be a cheap input likely at that point. Uh, but it also means that, you know, we don't need to go mine, the other materials. It means we don't need what we would have used for it before. Uh, so there could be some really interesting cascading effects. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I think you said it very well there. And, and I think, I mean, I'll just go back for a second to this idea of tapping into the world's, you know, innovation potential. We've got new tools today with the connected world. You know, there's going to be billions more people coming online in the next few years. Uh, how can we actually get them working on some of these, these challenges? Uh, you know, one of the, the greatest examples of a big prize competition was Charles Lindbergh. That was a $25,000, very simple. You could write it. I mean, it was actually written on the back of a scrap piece of paper, but $25,000 for the first flight nonstop between New York and Paris. And you had the biggest aviation companies at the time working on it. But in the end, it was a, you know, a, a rural farm boy uh, who raised some money but built a plane, you know, oversaw it himself, took off, flo- flew solo, uh, and beat them all. You know? and, it, and it's those ideas that we're looking to, to come forward. We, we want the unconventional thinking to, to be turned on this. And, and hopefully we can imagine a future where we are, you know, as you say, you know, completing that cycle, you know, and if, if you've actually got a, a power plant that's generating energy that we need, but on the back end of it, you've got zero waste and you're actually creating more valuable products, I think that would be a win for society. Mm. All right. So we're coming up to when we need to take our, our first break. So I wanted to, uh, to ask you one more thing before we, we pass on to our break here, and then we'll, we'll remind people again where they can go to the website and stuff, which would be, and we, we were chatting about this before the show a little bit, but uh, as we were saying, you know, a lot of people, there, there's a lot of uh, talk on social media right now about uh, uh, tweeting at Trudeau and stuff about 100% as possible, um, you know, planning to completely eliminate fossil fuels by a certain uh, time in the near future, and that that is a really important goal that we need to be pursuing. So it's not necessarily my position. I think we get a very long conversation about some of the, the nuance here, but just sort of on the face of it, I wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, say somebody's reaction was, well, this, you know, props up the oil industry by allowing them to continue operating and sort of rejects it on that face and says, you know, we shouldn't, we need to be investing in only renewables and that should be our goal. And this is just a distraction. What would be, what, do, what is your response to that? The, 
As, as I said to you earlier, I thought you, you're not going to find a big, bigger fan of renewables than me. But there's also, I think, a, a realistic angle to this that, that needs to be looked at. The, the International Energy Agency and their, you know, their yearly report that they put out, they put uh, today's energy use, the percentage coming from fossil fuels is at 82%. They projected 2035 it's going to be at 64%. Um, fossil fuels. So a big step forward, but still a significant portion. Without getting into the numbers, I think there's a very, there's, there's a reality that we need fossil fuels and we're going to be continuing to use them as a world, maybe not the developed world, but as a world overall. When you look at China with a hundred times the number of, of, of coal plants as, as Canada, um, the, we're going to be using fossil fuels for the foreseeable future. So given that we have that, let's, you know, get after a solution for it. And if, and if the solution is that we can actually use that carbon dioxide, I think the world will be in a better place. All right. Uh, so do you want to just give people a, a last opportunity if they're interested in finding out more about the, the CarbonX Prize, a uh, way to contact you, anything you'd like to tell? Sure. It, I mean, it, it's very simple. It's carbon.xprize.org uh, is the website. I'd encourage you to have a look. There's a great short video on there that's about a minute long, really ca- uh, captures what we're trying to do with this. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it, it, it's about spreading the word right now. And, and getting as many people interested as possible and getting their heads thinking around this. Uh, and so please, if you are interested, look into it, register yourself as a team, and uh, hopefully start this journey with us. All right. I think that's an absolutely fabulous place to leave it. Uh, you're going to stick around for a little bit after the break, but uh, just as far as the interview is concerned, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, again, Eric uh, Bainan with the Carbon X Prize competition. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been great to, great to be here. So we're going to hear, we've got uh, some of our co-hosts here running through. We've got uh, actually a special music break coming up soon uh, as well, which I'll tell you about in a second. Uh, and also I have not had an opportunity to go out. So I don't know if we've given away our, our free to, uh, kitchen library membership yet uh it looks like we may have so uh that's a uh, congratulations to that winner i'll find out who it is and, and say thank you in a second uh so that's fabulous i want to give you one more opportunity here before we go to our music break uh to remind people that despite the fact that we're still doing an awesome show today it is our fundraising show it's the fall fundraiser sound of your city uh we've been talking a lot recently uh, one of the stories we talked about a little very recently was during the election how uh so many of the major newspapers in this country are owned by such a small group of people that it was that something like 140 newspapers across the country Canada had an ad for the Conservative Party on it during this last election. That, uh, for me, really emphasized the lack of diversity and lack of freedom, really, um, in our mainstream media. And I think that's why it's an excellent argument to show exactly why we need to support things like community independent radio. It is an alternative voice. It's a place to have alternative discussions where people are not sort of giving you marching orders. Um, these are really the only sorts of places where we can have these sort of public discussions. Uh, and the Green Majority has been going out of its way very much to make it a two-way conversation. Uh, we're gonna, we have a phone line now and the, the vote for the news. So we're going to be playing some clips of people who have already called in after the music break, as well as talking about some news that was voted for through Vote for the News. And what we ask of you in return is that you call in now and support the Green Majority Radio Program. So 416-946-7800. You can call one 888 or go online at ciut.fm. We're going to go to our first music break here in just one second, and then we'll be right back. Uh, what I wanted to say about it, though, was just that this is actually a music track that is from a listener. Uh, it's a listener that talks to us uh, frequently on social media and has been uh, listening for a little while. And it was uh, my pleasure to play their music today. Uh, so I'm actually going to have to double check how to pronounce their name, though, because it's not the real name. So I'll be back after this with who this is. Uh, but you're listening to The Green Majority. We'll be right back. Please take this opportunity to call in and, and give us your support. Thank you.
And we are back. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT. That was Trace Lays. I think it's it's not a real name anyway. It's a listener to the show uh, and also just made some ambient uh, music that was there. Uh, they're a fan of the show, so I said that I would play that, and it's very relaxing. I think it got us in a good conversation mood. So Eric ben, uh, Bainan is still in the studio. We're now joined by Alex Spears-Roche. Spears-Roche, yeah. I even said it right this time. I'm nailing names today. <laughs> Mm. On fire. All right. So what we're actually going to do, so uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have a call-in line now. The the show itself has a comment line that you can call. I will not give the number now because I don't want to confuse people <laughs> about what number they should call. But if you're interested in calling and leaving a message, go to greenmajority.ca. There's a contact us button. Uh, it has all the information you can there. And what we want to do is make this show as two ways possible. So we're going to talk about some news from our Vote from the News initiative on the website soon. Uh, but first, I want to play a clip from the very person whose music we just listened to, and then we'll, we'll get down to a little bit of news. So first, a comment from a listener of the show. Hi, uh, you're listening to The Green Majority, the only environmental news program of any kind that will make you feel good. So, so please consider donating to them. All right. I think that was a fairly decent message. I approve of that message. Uh, also, we're going to talk. I'll bring that back up again when uh, Kevin's on the show. He's here, but he's out of the studio right now because uh, he will laugh when someone said the only environment <laughs> show that makes you feel good. Uh, but uh, thank you very much uh, for, for your support. And uh, uh, please don't take it from me. Uh, take it from our listeners. If you have a chance, please do. Uh, we're looking to get up to 37000 today, which is, seems like a lot of money, but you're running an entire radio station here. It's actually the largest community station in Canada. There's over a hundred and I think it's up to 180, almost 200 volunteers here. Uh, there's like two or three paid staff. Uh, this is really a community effort of community pr- production for community. It's a community service. Uh, all of our funding comes from listener donations. So this isn't sort of cream in the coffee. This is this is the, the day-old beans just to make the coffee here. We work hard to squeeze every last ounce of it for you. And all we ask is you call in. So if you can be a member, that's really the best thing. You actually get input into the station. It's it's, uh, it's 100 bucks basically. I think it's 95 bucks. Um, and you actually get voting rights, you get to participate and be an active member of the CI2 community. Uh, you can also just call in with anything you've got. We will accept anything and everything. So 416-946-7800 or one 204 8976 or CIUT.FM. But what I'd like to talk to... Uh, oh, and we're going to do one more kitchen library. This And this is the last one, so don't hold out for it. But we have one more kitchen library so the very next person that calls in uh and supports us will also get a month's membership uh and that will conclude our, our kitchen library so please do tell the operator it will either be kevin farmer or stefan hostetter answering the phone so you can say hi to them if you call in too um thank you yes my guess oh look i've actually been overselling it it was 89.50 thank you eric for finding the piece of paper i couldn't find uh so it's just dropped in price by five dollars live on the radio here today um so, for, uh, yes, next person to call in also gets a month's membership, but just please do tell them on the phone that you would like the uh, the prize and they will star you or inform you that you're too late and someone else has got it. Uh, but let's go to some news now. So I got Alex, Eric still in the studio, wanted to talk about one thing here and uh, we've got some more heavy news, but I, I wanted to start with a fun one because we we're talking about innovation, Eric. So the story here was there's a company that's been making its way on social media. Um, I haven't validated this specific technology, but what I just wanted to talk about was this type of technology where a company seem, uh, has claiming to have produced a bicycle that involves magnets is basically a workout bike and uh, with one hour's exercise a day should be able to power a house. Now, I'm fairly certain this doesn't mean a North American house. Uh, This is mostly uh, in the video they were talking about using this in uh, low-income communities or in uh, countries, uh, non-first world countries, uh, to help raise the standard of living. Electricity is the gateway to allow people to educate themselves, do all sorts of other things, free up, make more money. Uh, It's a real gateway. Uh, So it's a cool idea. 
what I want to talk about was a little bit was just about this sort of this market that this sort of realization that there's sort of two things I see at play. One of them is the innovation on alternative forms of fuel, whether it be this or renewable energy or, or carbon inputs. Uh, the other thing was just that um, – the idea that I think that there's also a growing understanding that we can't do this alone. We, Canada can't just succeed into the future, that we all need to pull us all with us. And, and uh, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Eric, about uh, do, you, do you agree that you see the, sort of this trend of growing awareness that we kind of need to do this all together and that you know, Canada will never succeed if other nations are failing? Well, I, I mean, I think that's exactly right. But there's, there's two under, underlying truths that, that I always look at. There's, you know, I, I talked about it earlier, but two billion people you know, you can look at that two ways. Number one, within the next 20 years, we've got two, mil- two billion more people joining the, you know, the, the human race on Earth. And we're going to have to feed them. We're going have to have to provide for them. Um, but also, uh, we've got two billion more people coming online in the next five years. Right? We're almost doubling the online population in the next five years. So not only do we have to service the world, but I think there's a potential to use the world to solve these challenges together. Um, and so it's, it's, I, th- I think more and more we're going to see solutions coming from those unlikely places because people have the tools at their disposal to actually put their heads down and come up with, with some of these things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I can't speak to that specific idea, but I, I, I think it's, it's terrific. It's, it's sort of the new thinking of, of where we need to go, and we're going to need all these little pieces that are going to find little niches uh, in, in service and needs. So it, it's great. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I mean, uh, these are sort of global problems, and we definitely need everyone on board to, to be solving them. And um, uh, the yeah, I think we you know we need a lot of uh, research into new technologies to fix these problems. One of the things I'm excited with with our new government and sort of the new era here is hope well hopefully a new era uh, is that we can be putting more more money and more funding and more support for science because really that's going to be the foundation of. Uh, these technological breakthroughs in the future is uh, is scientific research and R&D. Um, and it's not something that you can just do in one place centrally. You have to sort of open it up uh, for all sorts of smart people to tinker and to play with toys and do interesting things um, and to have the space to do that. And I think if, if we do do that, we can come up with uh, a lot of uh, amazing technology technologies and solutions to, to the problems we're facing. Yeah, I actually just came up with a metaphor just now while you were talking. It's kind of my thing. Uh, but it's kind of like, you know, the fossil fuel age, if you will, which I which I think is, is you know, uh, considering the sort of things Eric was talking about, you know, overall, I think is we're, we've rounded the peak and we're heading in, in a new direction. So if we can refer to this as the fossil fuel area, it was kind of like somebody getting a really good deal on pizza and ordering like 400 large pizzas and then keeping them around their house and trying to eat them all and be like, dude, you're going to get sick. You can't, first of all, you can't eat pizza every day. Second of all, you know, that pizza is going to spoil. And they're like, no, 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 but I got a great deal. And I, I sort of feel like that's what we've been doing. We've sort of been cruising unhealthily we've been cruising on the easy access that fossil fuels gave us and it i think it prevented a lot of innovation for a variety of reasons some of it maybe could be said to be intentional is suppression of competition you know there's a bunch of factors and i think there's a bunch of reasons but i think now as soon as we got okay we need to we really need a new paradigm here the amount of innovation that's just sort of like coming out of the woodwork it's like this explosion of innovation and i think part of it has to do with the, just the year that we're in and the technology that's available but i also think that i just think that it just made us sort of lazy when we just had all this sort of cheap energy well we thought it was cheap we didn't realize the long-term costs and i think it kind of made us lazy i don't know would you want to comment on that eric you can disagree with me too that's no also I, I, I absolutely uh, i mean it, it's interesting I, I i love the old there was an old quote that the stone age didn't end because we ran out of stone yeah all right um 
which is what you're referring to ultimately. I think you know it, it's amazing. I go back to the tools at the disposal and, and the resources, the mental resources that we're going to be putting into to all of this. You know, and, and I think we are at a tipping point. Um, the it, 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 to just speak about the in, uh, exponential growth, you know, we all know that if you take 30 steps, you're going to end up about 30 feet away. But if you take 30 exponential steps, so one step, two steps, four steps, eight steps, you're around the world 26 times, right? So that's the, you know, we've been in this slow build period, but I think we are at the cusp due to technology, you know, and, and, and also the, the reality of, the, of what we need to face of these innovations really starting to flow. Uh, and, and I think probably in all, almost in many ways, the biggest challenge is going to make sure that we have the capacity to get them to market. You know, you mentioned this bicycle idea, and I mean, we have no idea of how it actually works, but we have to ensure that there's a, a pathway for that, you know, them to create a business, for them to actually deploy that technology and make it useful. And that's probably going to be one of the biggest challenges as opposed to the actual innovation itself. Mm. And speaking of building momentum, we also like to uh, encourage people to build momentum on calling in and supporting Green Majority Radio here at CIUT today. That's 416-946-7800 is what you can do. one 204 8976 is the toll-free number, and you can also go online at CIUT.fm. I want to thank uh, our f- uh, the first person, I believe, who called in, which was uh, Lisa Kassan. Uh, we also have uh, some more people, I'm sure, who are calling in uh, right now. I uh, just have not had a chance to talk to our outside folks. So if you've also already called in to support, thank you very much uh, for that as well. We're going to play uh, one more clip from our uh, listener as well. The, I will admit, I'm just going to admit right up that we this is somebody, the listener of the show that I know, uh, because they've uh, uh, interact with us on social media a lot. So he uh, he called in and he also had a topic suggestion. So we'll see uh, off the top, totally no warning, Alex, if, if you guys have any uh, anything to say about what he's asked about. So we're going to hear from uh, another listener of the show here, uh, Alex. Hey, Mr. D, it's Alex. Um, I was just wondering if you could dedicate some time to talk to your listeners about uh, the hydrologic cycle um, in light of the 8 billion liters of untreated sewage waste that's going to be flushed into the St. Lawrence River. I'm not sure how many people in the city of Toronto realize that this um, hap- it happens routinely with plants here in our city. Uh, when there's an excessive amount of rainwater, sometimes we're, what we flush goes directly into Lake Ontario. And we're not talking about just dishwater, we're talking about floaters. So. Uh, I know the GE Hitachi plant on Lansdowne, they also flush water that's uh, radioactively contaminated as well. And it's not just a, a little bit here, a little bit uh, there. We're actually doing it on a massive scale. And everything in, that we put into the water system goes into our drinking water at some point. And, you know, the industry solution for pollution is dilution, but when so many companies and people are doing it, we're going to get to a point where we're going to start ingesting a lot of stuff that's very unhealthy. So if you could uh, dedicate some time talk to talk about that, that would be great. And tell uh, Stephanie and Kevin I said hello. Good job, guys, with the show. Take care. 
All right, so that was Alex from, from Toronto, listener of the show. You can call in, too, as well to leave a message. But again, I'm not just for the sake of not confusing people. I'm not going to give that number now. That number is available at greenmajority.ca. Uh, if you are calling in now, it uh, would be great to hear from you. You can call in and actually hear from Stephen or Kevin themselves, who are answering the phones right now. They'll be here joining me in the studio here in just a minute. Uh, but if you'd like to go ahead and do that, we would very much appreciate your support. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what you can get in just a moment. But you can call 416-946-7800. One triple eight two zero four eight nine seven six or ciut.fm is the website. But Alex, they mentioned the Hitachi plant, which is something I feel like you uh, maybe... oh the GE Hitachi plant. In yeah. So just generally, if you had any comments, but I thought that might be something you'd have something to say about. I actually don't know too much about it. It's something that I've heard. Uh, I've definitely seen other activists working on, um, and uh, you know, heard of it as a point of concern that we have this facility processing uranium in Toronto. Um, I don't really not know a lot of the details, but, uh, you know, just in general, um, you know, the way t- nuclear technology used is used in our society is really uh, not the way it should be used. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, pollution that happens right from mining to the production of waste from nuclear power. And all along that, uh, that supply chain and the life cycle of, uh, of uranium and other radioactive elements. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a big problem. And I, also, just I'll say on Fleshgate, it's something I have been watching about more, which is, uh, for those who don't know, that's the, the situation in Montreal where they, they want to dump uh, a whole bunch of raw sewage into the St. Lawrence River. Uh, and I just want to really agree with the other Alex that, uh, yeah, you know, we can't treat our water as just a garbage dump. We can't just treat the natural world as a garbage dump where we just throw stuff in. Water is a, it's a precious resource. It's something that we have to conserve and that we're running uh, out of in a lot of places. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that is something really important that we need to, that we need to start doing better around. Yeah. I should have clarified. There are two different Alexes. That wasn't you calling. No. <laughs> I was confused for a second. I was yeah. like, did I is call that me? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we should, we're going to go to our second and final break here in just a second. I thought I might be able to, uh, to put you on the spot, Eric, uh, as far as oh. do you have it, what would, if, if you had that $20 million in your pocket, why would you give it to CIUT? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. I would, I would give it so that you guys could spread the word, actually, and get, uh, get more innovation out there to, to, mm-hmm. to help, uh, um, you know, I guess, solve some of these problems. But you're doing that in a different way, uh, which I think is great. Uh, and and you, know, you are spreading the word, and you're doing a, a fantastic job with your show here. So, I mean, just to reiterate everything you said, I would encourage people to, to call in because I think it's a, it's a great cause to have community radio. Well, thank here. you so much. All right. Uh, so we're actually going to we're going to go to our second and final music break here. Uh, and I'm going to bring in uh, the two guys who have been on the phone. So if you call in the next like basically minute and a half, two minutes, you've got a, your last chance to talk to either Stefan or Kevin Farmer on the phone. And then they'll be joining me here in the studio. Uh, so you can do that. We're going to go to our break now. But just over that break, take this opportunity, please, to call in and support uh, uh, CIUT. Uh, we do survive entirely off uh, donations. And this is a not just fun, something fun that I do. It's not just about me. Uh, it's also about the fact this entire station is a very unique opportunity for citizens to have citizen-to-citizen communication and conversations here in public without the watchful eye of a corporation uh, with other incentives in mind. Uh, it doesn't mean that CIUC should replace the mainstream media, but uh, I think it's a very critical part of having an informed public to have a variety of voices, and CIUT is very unique. So please do call in. Uh, donations are accepted at all levels. However, a donation of $25 or more will get a tax receipt, and eighty-nine fifty. thank you again for correcting 
contacting me, Eric, uh, will get you a membership, which gets you uh, voting rights as well. Uh, you can also get T-shirts and uh, certificates uh, and all sorts of other bonus items for item uh, amounts slightly above that for 120 and 150. And there are some super special opportunities available at the website. So last, uh, finally, before we go to music, 946-7800-188-204-8976 or ciut.fm. We will be right back. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT in a 9.5 FM. And we are back. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. Again, it is the Sound of Your City fundraising show here. Twice a year, we ask people to call in and support the show. So thank you to everyone who's called in so far. Uh, again, we do need to uh, to uh, get to 37,000. Again, which uh, sound to me, someone like me, that's that's way more than I make in a year. <laughs> but uh, for an entire station servicing the, the majority of Southern Ontario and part of the U.S., largest community station in Canada, almost entirely run by volunteers, 100% supported by donors like you, uh, that is a very, very modest amount. So uh, we're, we're above 36 uh, four, I think, something in there. So if you uh, got a donation of any type, you uh, you are welcome and pl- very much encouraged, and we request very much that you help support our show uh, by doing that. Uh, we'll give you the numbers again in a minute. Uh, but first, Jason, who is our technician today and very appreciated volunteer, one of the many volunteers who come in on their free time to make the show happen, uh, is going to tell us what we just listened to. So uh, what was that, Jason? Yeah, that was, a, that was a friend of mine from Montreal and his band Year of Glad and their song Blythe. And yeah, I'd like to encourage everyone who's listening to call in and donate. The number is 416-946-7800. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you for being here every week, Jason. That's awesome. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit of news. I now have, I've pulled them off the phones, folks. Uh, sorry, you've missed your opportunity to uh, talk to them live on the phones. Uh, but now you're going to hear from them. So everyone gets to share in the joy. Welcome into the studio, both Stefan and Kevin. Thank you. 
Hi, everyone. And Kevin, uh, there was a clip earlier that you missed, but I wanted to uh, repeat for your benefit. Somebody called in, uh, one, of the fa- one of the fans of the show called in. I played their message earlier while you were in the other room, so you didn't hear it. Uh, but I thought you might have something to say about it, which is that they called in and said that this is the uh, only environment radio show in Canada that makes you feel good. <laughs> have we met? <laughs> <laughs> That's a... Uh, I, that person must be the happiest person in the world. I I want to meet this person. They're uh, actually really nice. I they they're very social. They've been very chatty with us on social media, and uh, and uh, that was their music clip that we played first off SoundCloud as well. There, they make some very <laughs> ambient music. So yeah, no. it, is it possible this person has just tuned in only to every episode I've missed? Uh, that I suppose it's possible. You, I'll, I'll connect you on social media. You guys, you guys can ask uh, as well. I don't want to. I don't want to harsh anyone's mellow. Though. <laughs> if, if anyone's actually feeling good about the environment, I just God God bless. Well, Kevin. You are listed on our website officially as our sarcasm consultant. I don't know if you realized I'd made that adjustment to your bio. Uh, I I don't follow what you do. I just just give up. I just hope it doesn't come up at a job interview. (laughs) Well, Stefan's also listed as the quote unquote, the cute one. So, you know, yeah, yeah. that's that's true. (laughs) Can I, can I get curmudgeon? Is it too late for that? Uh, Well, you can, you can apply for an edit. So let's get into some uh, stuff here. We've got, uh, I want to get into some news here in the final section. I talked about some, we talked about some other sort of neat, uh, developments earlier um there's also some a uh, lot of information coming out now will be linked on vote for the news as well uh about the uh there's new totals uh 2.74 billion dollar a year uh fossil fuel uh handouts um a whole bunch of uh news about various people's roles as it evolves we learn more about moving forward to cop and whatnot we'll talk more about that I just want to talk about COP a little bit just in general. I've been seeing a really wide range of things. Everybody and their uh, friend is putting out guides to COP. People, it's doomed. It's not doomed. I've seen some stuff saying it's really hopeful. I've seen some other stuff saying, you know, unless these things change and it doesn't look like they will, it's basically useless. Um, so I, what I'd actually like to talk about is the talk. Um, how useful is it to be sort of trying to create noise around either fear or preemptive fear or preemptive distress is these are these types of conversations even useful and in in any context Uh, maybe start with Stefan. sure um what i find interesting about the about the conversation whether it's useful or not is almost no matter what like i don't know what could come out of it uh that what everyone would be like yes this is going to do it uh mainly because we got binding targets in Kyoto. How'd that go for everybody? <laughs> how, how are we all doing? Uh, here we are. Like it's 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 silly. Uh, it's of course this is the only show that makes. Could, could we get? It? We had a safe word for those binding targets. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna I, I was going to say that I, I was going to say this is the only show that makes you feel good, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that nothing can be sold. Uh, no, but I think like I think it's interesting because you say it with such an uplifting sounding voice, Kevin or uh, <laughs> Stefan. It sound like you're smiling <laughs> while you're saying that. Yeah, that, that was Stefan for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what I find interesting about this is that we're looking at this at, at, at COP. Um, like, I don't know if anything coming out of it, we're going to be like, this is definitely going to do it. I think, but at the same time, I think it does have value. I think it definitely has value, uh, mainly because having all these organizations talk, to, our only chance at solving this is if everyone sort of starts working together and starts actually working on this thing. And the only way that's going to happen is if everyone at least has had these conversations to get on the same page. Um, I think in reality, what is, what this comes down to is, is 
internal pressure on every one of these governments. That is what will – if we have any hope, that is what's going to have to happen is that internally the people who run these countries are going to have to decide that it's in their best interest to have real action on climate change. And then maybe once everyone has decided that, they'll all come together and sign a binding target because they've all made it or not. Like the history of – the history of successful binding targets or of history of these other things is usually someone has already done enough work where it's basically really easy. Everyone comes together, says that now they'll all sign on to it. And they all walk away patting each other on the back uh, is how these the history of these successes go. Mm. Um, and so I'm I'm stoked that it's happening. Uh, I think it'll be great. I think it's always a great opportunity to actually have the people talking about climate change uh, and especially on if it gets, you know, the more media you can get attention it can get, the better. Uh, and, and obviously the stronger the limits, the, the, the strong, the higher the target they give them, give themselves the better because it gives the people in, internally a chance to actually push their leaders to, to forward. But it, it's come. I don't think it's, it's going to come down to what the action inside each one of these countries is, uh, and and also whether or not the rich countries will actually give give some money and support to the to the to less developed nations to actually transfer faster. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I think will 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 save us if we are to be saved. I, I also have a hopeful comment, which so I'm going to go before Kevin because we'll let Kevin play uh, anchor on this one. Uh, so, well, okay, it's it's actually a weird comment. So I wonder if you guys agree with me, which is that you know. So my question to you, to both of you, was essentially, you know, what do you think of you know all this talk about trying to make predictions about things that we, you know, it's it's so much in motion. Is it useful? It was a trick question from my point of view because I think the answer is of course yes because. Um, it matters, but in, in, in the sense that what it matters is when you have a, a first of all, it, a lot of people are talking about it and that's, what's important. Keep it in the public eye, keep it on the news cycle, keep it making headlines. Do, it really doesn't matter what they say. And the fact that they are con- so conflicting, like, oh, there's, there's two positive for every negative one day. And then there's two negative. We're all, you know, that's definitely, there's no hope the next day. And then it goes back and forth. What I think that does is it sows, sows confusion. But I think if it's constantly on the front page and there's a little bit of confusion, I think the overall push there is going to be is that more people will be incentivized to go and look into it more. And that can only have positive uh, benefits because the more they know, uh, the, you know, the evidence is, is so lopsided, it's not even <laughs> worth having conversation. So as soon as you start scratching the surface, you, you know, some new, uh, hopefully, you know, a bunch of people will go, oh, my God, this is, this is way worse than I even thought it was, or this is way more important than I ever realized it was. Yeah, why the hell aren't you doing anything? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just the conversation itself um, is almost exclusively positive, regardless of what the headline says. Uh, go for cleanup on to Kevin on that one, though. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've been at this for a really long time, and I think noise is for newcomers, uh, newcomers to the conversation, in a sense. Like, you know, I, I just have no use for hope on this. I just have no use for it. And the, the thing with selling hope is that it's always in the future, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you can purvey hope, you can always be postponing action because hope is action in the future. We don't. I have no use for hope. I mean, I, I know. I know other people have feelings. <laughs> I just have no feelings about this. I need. I need action. We need action. We either. We either have targets that avoid a dangerous warming scenario, or we don't. And and you know, all everything else is just kind of blather. And I. I. I, I agree. You know, as we have a conversation about a conversation, this is just getting too meta for me. <laughs> I, I'm lost in in an abstract space here. Um, you know, sure, like the comments that have come up about. The more noise, the more our our political class feels the pressure to do something. Like that's ever been true. Okay, to the extent that that's ever been true, maybe. But again, if they can always dangle the carrot of hope 
in some unrealized future, we are going to sleepwalk our way past the tipping point, the point of no return in a dangerous warming scenario. Mm-hmm. So hope schmope. And sorry for everyone who's <laughs> sorry for the person who thinks this show makes them feel good. <laughs> well, I think they mean is net. They didn't say Kevin Farmer makes me feel good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm off the hook then. Because yeah. seriously, who's got any use for hope? No one's got any use for hope. What we have a use for is is a, a pathway to zero carbon emissions. <laughs> no, I just love the fact that you were clearly holding back until I gave you permission to be <laughs> Have I been holding back? I want to I point out that when we were outside uh, on the phones, I had a, I was pitching Kevin on, on, the, on the title for his novel, uh, which was going to be Waiting for Sensation. I have now canceled that plan. And the new one is I Have No Use for Hope. There is just no better name for Kevin Farmer's novel <laughs> then I have no use for hope. I was. It's funny. I was actually going to say those T-shirts will be available on our website next week. Which <laughs> I is, have no use for hope. <laughs> I have no use for. Like, in, let me, in let me, let, you know, we the, know what you at mean. At the risk of sounding, it's still funny. At the risk of sounding like he who shall not be voted for. Um, <laughs> let me be perfectly clear. Uh, I really want a, 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 I want a happy outcome. I mean, I've I've been joking for a long time. You know, planet Earth is going to achieve zero net human greenhouse gas emissions. With or without humans, planet Earth is going to achieve that. I'd like us to be around. I'd like me to be around. I'd like you guys to be around. I'd like my, my, my nieces and nephew to be around. I'd like everyone's kids to be around for this. Either way, we're headed for zero net human greenhouse gas emissions, right? With or without humans. So I would like humans to be part of that. I just have no use for hope. I would like a happy outcome. I'm just not going to sit around hoping for it anymore. And I'm not going to sit around... Uh, giving anyone the benefit of the doubt about this. Like we're all, I mean, we're still all agog at our shiny new prime minister. And everyone's like, well, wait and see. Let's just see what, no. <laughs> we didn't, the, 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 this honeymoon business is is also pointless. Like there is no, there's no like, let's sit, let's wait around and, you know, like he's talking, incredi- he's making incredibly vague noises about our climate change commitments in the run-up to COP. And he has become, in- he's always been skilled at this, and he's become ever more skilled at talking out of both sides of his mouth. He, you know, he was criticized before the, the election for not having enough policy, but he's actually on every side of every issue. His problem is that he's got too much policy. <laughs> it's not enough policy. It's not that he has, doesn't have enough. He's got too much. So we're getting all these like glittering generalities and I'm on both sides of every issue sort of thing. And I'm like, uh, right? Everyone's reading into this going, you know, give him time. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. No, you do not do that. You, we need action. It's pretty clear what action we need. We need to get to zero net greenhouse gas emissions before we commit ourselves to a dangerous warming scenario. After that, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> so on that note, Kevin, uh, we have a, a, a scenario of uh, wanting people to call in and support the, the radio show. I would say it's, it's, it's fairly objectively true that uh, you, will, you will have uh, received more tangible benefit uh, from a donation to CIUT right now than anyone did of a donation to any political party during the election. Uh, would, you, would you not say at very least that that would be true? I was in and the just last in case election. you were <laughs> even to yourself, your own campaign manager said he wasn't necessarily going to vote for you, Kevin. No, that was my official agent. Yeah, or your official. We're this good at asking for money uh, <laughs> that we also can't even ask for the vote from our official campaign agent. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, please, please uh, do call in uh, because only here will you hear that there is no use for hope. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm pr- going to limit that. I don't think any other any other show on this entire radio station is going to make an, a compassioned plea for less hopefulness in society. <laughs> we provide that for you. Uh, so do call in. Uh, the number is 416-946-7800 or toll free at 188-204-8976. Has existential despair ever been so much fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, also I, motivating. I want to I want to clarify upon the upon which the the point of on which you mean that. But I'll leave that for the very end of the show if we uh, uh, if we have uh, time on that as well. Again, yes, please do. You have an opportunity to call in 416-946-7800. Uh, we do need people to call in and support the show. We do have a little distance yet to go. Uh, if so, if you've been waiting out uh, for uh, the last minute, you'd like to get our hair on the back of the neck, now would be a good time. Call in, support the show. Uh, a few people have already done that. They are tremendously appreciated and we very much appreciate them and we would like to appreciate you in the same way because we do appreciate you in some extent uh, as well. So if you haven't had an opportunity or you're waiting for the right time to do it, now is your chance, folks. Please call 946-7800. You can call one 204 or CIUT.FM. Again, you can be an active voting member of CIUT for a donation of 89.50, and that actually makes you a voting member of the station. Uh, there are also tax receipts available for anything over 25 bucks, and we welcome any amount. So please uh, take an opportunity to do that as well. Uh, what we Two things we want to talk about. So we played some phone clips. So again, people can do that. Again, I'm not going to give the number today just because it will confuse people. Uh, but we did also has a, had a, a request for a vote for the news uh, from last week. Uh, so we're going to get caught up on that again. So you can go to the website every week at any point, any time at all. And there's a button that says vote. It takes you to a poll of some of the previous week's top news items. And you can vote and say that you would like us to spend a little bit more time or perhaps we didn't have time for it at all and you'd like us to talk about an issue. So uh, there was a tie this last week. Uh, the first one, well, I just double checked with the second one was, uh, was the rumblings coming out of the U.S., and maybe, Kevin, we'll start with you, uh, about the possibility of actually uh, perhaps uh, taking Exxon to court over the fact that it's now been proven. We've suspected, but it's now been proven that they uh, knew for a fact climate change was real and were intentionally funding denial for, I forget even the number, decade, longer? Oh, it's like 30 years or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay. I mean, this is this is egregious. You just sounded hopeful, Kevin. Yeah. No, no, no I'm just excited. Uh, th- that's different. I, I, um, what, you know, something that – like, we, let's admit this is egregious. And this – and it would – I mean, these people knew their product was dangerous to the public good and and peddled it anyway, suppressed the, uh, the information that it was a dangerous product, and then actively funded denial that it was a dangerous uh, product. Um, which, I mean, the analog to cigarettes is just obvious. And, and anyone who knows the history of climate denial knows that it's... Well, you could make an analog to the Ford vehicles that were running off the road. All of these things. People. The whole thing is that this would, be a, this, would be, this would be a wonderful thing in the history of sort of, uh, of, of the history of corporations to finally, you know, uh, punish someone for doing something just in those broad terms. Uh, peddling a, a dangerous product that they knew was dangerous. Anyone who's interested in this, Google Teflon flu. <clears throat> Uh, the, the makers of Teflon knew it was making people sick, and they hid that information as well. And this is this is this is rampant behavior, right? And it would be fascinating just on that level alone to see a corporation punish or something like this. But on a side note, what shocks me is how accurate they were. Like their their scientists decades ago were like right on the money about the timeline of climate change. And I want to know who these people are, right? Like they, like these people did some incredibly good research. Um, and it, well, without a doubt, they should they should be they should be punished for this. I mean, it, it, but but I mean, writ large, this is it's not just that this is about climate change. This is about reining in the worst possible behavior 
of corporate citizens like Exxon and these some of these com- companies corporations they aren't even they're they're, cor- they're they're citizens, which is bad enough. They're people. They're corporate people, which is bad enough. But they're corporate nations. They have the resources of nations, and and to finally rein them in and to see people punished in the courts and to see someone actually maybe go to jail for this, I think would be just transformative. Uh, uh, so we're getting we're getting close to the end yeah, of the show sure. here. So we'll make this your final word. There. All so. right, sounds good. Uh, to, to to channel to Kevin Farmer, um, I have no use for hope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Did I accidentally sound hopeful? Yeah. You, you, you suggested that they might actually be charged for this, which would be amazing. Like what, what I find so interesting about this story in particular is that I'm interested in who is really interested in it. In that to me and someone like, – like, I feel like to probably a lot of listeners, it's not surprising at all. It's just there's just no there's no you know gory details there's nothing it's just of course like that makes perfect sense they did their research and then they hid it from people because they wanted to make money that's not knock your hat off shocking um, and I'm interested to know if there's a percentage of society a that is actually shocked by this you know there's a percentage of society who would like really thought Exxon was a very you know, reasonable company uh, that you know totally tried to clean up their massive all these spill and so why would they lie to us and anything else I really 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 hope uh, that we get something out of this. Um, I, I'm as I'm I'm as cynical uh, that with anything will happen as, as Kevin is uh, that that uh, that we're that you know, Trudeau is going to do anything tomorrow about uh, about climate change. I, but maybe maybe this is the turn of the clock. I think honestly, you you actually see you if you actually see a, a big shift here, uh, maybe that is the turn that we need. So you know what. I do. I, I do see value of hope, and I really hope that happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a basically one last thing here, and before I do my my final co- closing comment, uh, just want to give people a final opportunity. Again, thank you so much. A uh, number of you have called in and used the website to support the show uh, as well, and we very much appreciate your support. We lit- literally could not do this show without your support. It's 100 uh, percent donation uh, supported. Uh, here we are at Registered Charity as well, and uh, really provide. Just an important service, so it's not uh, not just that it's uh, get, we get something out of it. Um, it. Even if our show wasn't here, which you know I'm very thankful we get to do it, I very much enjoy it. But even if we weren't, just CIUT itself is such an important institution. It really is one of the few places with a significant reach. Uh, all of Southern Ontario, part of the way into the U.S. on the broadcast range. Uh, but to my knowledge, the, the biggest and most, as far as broadcast range and, and, and biggest organization as far as community station anywhere in Canada. And it really one of the few places with enough reach to actually generate impact, to have a conversation that is not influenced by corporate donations. Nobody has ever in the history of the show, Ken not once, and neither has anyone else ever told me what I can or can't talk about. This is actual community radio, but it survives. The trick to that is that instead of getting all those corporate donations and letting people control our messaging and, and do all this is that we do survive entirely on uh, donations. So please, your final opportunity, my final pitch for the day will be to call in 946-7800. You can call one 204 Eight nine seven six, or you can go online to ciut.fm. My final comment, as we run out of time here as well, is that what Kevin means by no hope is the uh, the criticism of sort of praying instead of doing something. Exactly. It's not that you can't have hope; it's that it's not a replacement for action. So that works for climate and for calling in now. Other than that, have good green weeks, folks, and we'll see you all real soon. Thank you so much to everyone who donated. You still have a chance to do it, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon.